0: Hi and welcome to Arrow's coverage of InfoSec 2019. We are once again asking the hard questions of our vendors, finding out what their priorities are into 2020 and how they intend to help our channel to develop, to address the ever-changing security landscape. We hope you enjoy this series, and if so, please subscribe. Okay, and welcome back to another podcast from InfoSec 2019. And uh, I'm joined once again by another encypher a Peter from encypher Um Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure, thank you, I'm Peter Galvin, I run strategy and marketing for encypher security.
0: Fantastic, so encypher so we, we had Peter Carlisle on um, yesterday, although for you listeners that's gonna be a good few weeks ago, listen back if you wanna listen back. Um, and Peter spoke about encryption in regards to GDPR and a few other things. Um, but NCyver does more than that, doesn't it? It's also helping people go to the cloud, it's helping people, it's helping IoT. Could we talk a bit more about about that? And, and I'd really like to understand a bit more about how you guys are helping people to feel less threatened, less risk in, in a cloud, well going to the cloud and that sort of, that sort of journey um, that still exists for a lot of our customers.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because um, one of the things that we've found is uh, customers are at different levels of maturity from a cloud perspective and how they're trying to move and go to the cloud. And there's still a lot of reluctance about how people are, are moving to the cloud. And one of the biggest issues is security. And so do they they trust the cloud or do they feel the the cloud is secure enough? And also it's about what do they do with their existing applications. So really what we find is is in that journey there's kind of two, two areas that they look at. One is how do I lift and shift my applications into the cloud and then how do I, or do I rewrite all my applications and write native applications? And then the security component comes in uh, pretty strongly. And, and you know, one of the things that they're always trying to do is they're actually trying to se- separate the, um, the applications um, and the data from the security. And so what we've designed, and we've worked really hard with, uh, with companies, is we've designed some cool technologies like bring your own key, for example, or host your own key, which gives Uh, enterprises the opportunity to lift and shift their applications but still maintain control over the keys. And so when when Peter was probably talking about encryption, he's talking about how you encrypt data and protect that information, well, one of the things you're doing is the, the big component of that is really being able to have keys are keys are the part that allow you to encrypt and decrypt data. So if you if you can get access to those keys, then you can get that data. So part of what we do is we protect those keys in a hardware security module and keep those keys protected. The other thing that was important about back to BYOK, BYOK and HYOK, is it actually lets the end user manage and control those keys. So they can manage and control those keys on premise, they can maybe manage or control those keys in a, in a third party, but it keeps the separation from the cloud vendor. So the cloud vendors doesn't have access to both the key and to the data. And so being able to really secure that and manage that is a, is a big important part of how customers can go through that lift and shift uh, operation
0: yeah well because i suppose if the reality is if you encrypt properly then you could put your data like publicly online and actually no one would be able to make hiding a hair of it so it kind of makes breaches a lot less risky because you could say we were breached but all they got was complete and utter gobbledygook yeah, um, there was absolutely. no value to the information that was stolen um, obviously, we'd prefer not to be breached, but as far as sort of limiting your your brand risk and your brand reputation from people's actual um, sort of information being uh, taken and distributed and sold, yeah. um, being able to encrypt is a super simple way of, of achieving it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Our, our view is, uh, you, you know, I think security people and security managers now take the take the view of, we are going to be we're, we're going to be breached. Yeah. So, what happens if we're breached? What is the what are the control points of of how we do that? And so, first of all, ha- encrypting data is one of the key components. But sometimes people forget about where the keys are. Yeah. So, a lot of times, if you yeah. keep s- keys in software or you keep them in the the file next to the database, for example, <laughs> they're easy to find, right? Yeah. So, what what you're what you're doing two things is one, you're creating and generating. Very difficult keys to understand and manage from an attacking standpoint, and you're storing those in hardware, and that for, that protects those keys and helps protect the encryption. Even if the encrypt, even if that encrypted file gets out into the wild, if you don't have the key, you can't you can't access that. So that's a very that, that the encryption technology has been around for a long time. But one of the things you'll find, and you can go on different sites, you'll find that people are encrypting data, but they're also putting the keys right next to the data, so it's very easy to to get access to that. And even, I know that, um, probably with Peter, you talked a little bit about GDPR, but if you look into the, the rules on GDPR, there are some statements in there about if you encrypt or tokenize data, and you have a data breach, you don't have the notification requirements or the, the fine requirements associated with it because you've done something to actually protect the data. You've do, you've been proactive in your ability to protect the information.
0: So that brings me on to my next question then. And you kind of answered it a little bit a second ago. But why isn't everybody... Well, first of all, was why do people's why does people's information still end up out in the wild if it's... What you what you've said sounds really easy, um, sounds really simple. You know, albeit it wouldn't be simple to deploy, but it's simple to get your head around as to achieving it, and then having your data encrypted, so it doesn't have to, it doesn't get stolen and, and sold, and you don't have to report. So why is everyone not doing this? Why is this not just the most obvious security or security one hundred and one?
1: Yeah, we wonder about that too ourselves sometimes. <laughs> you know, you really think it, it's encryption. Encryption used to be thought of as being hard, and I think yeah. that was one of the, the one of the challenges. That yeah, and the plus it, had. the
0: overhead of, of doing it was was you know added um, you know lag and latency to an application or to a service. So, so there was some yeah, there was this belief. Reasons, yeah, there was this
1: belief, but, but now. Now, all that tech, you know, like most technologies, all that technology has accelerated. So you have you have accelerated algorithms. You have you have simplified processes. You have you know you have things like HSMs that have that have continued to go generation over generation. You have native encryption that exists in in databases and in other parts of the parts of the marketplace. So being able to just turn that on has become so simple. So I think it, I think it partially is. Um, getting people better educated about why they should use and when they should use encryption. Yeah. And and getting organizations to understand that, you know, encrypting your data, whether it's encrypting the data on your laptop or encrypting a data in your database um, is a fairly simple process. And, and being able to generate and manage those keys today is also getting to be an easier process. Um, and so we, we recommend, you know, as far as when you're looking at your information and you're looking at your data, You know, some people are saying, hey, it's too hard to figure out what is my most sensitive data and what's not my s- most sensitive data. So then the o- other option is just encrypt everything. So yeah. if you encrypt everything, you've, you've simplified that, that process and now you've protected your information and you've prevented it from even, even if there is a, a, a data breach and somebody gets a hold of that data, it's still not going to, you know, you're not going. It's not going to get into illicit hands because it's just going to be unreadable or unusable.
0: So, if we're talking about um, the sort of reasons why you wouldn't encrypt, still, what is, what is the latest sort of performance? piece? I mean, how does you know, obviously because you, you, if you encrypt all your databases, you just said, and I've got an application that needs to be able to get data from that and you you know return it very quickly. Is encrypt, I mean, would encryption provide a, a sort of a disruption or a, or a latency that would cause me any issues, or is that well, is that a quite an old-fashioned way of really thinking? That's really an old-fashioned yeah.
1: way of thinking. And and the other benefit is is that you know what's happened to is you have now crypto accelerators in in laptops and servers and uh, and all kinds of devices um, that accelerate that encryption you have de- more and better efficient curves so you, you know more organizations are using elliptical uh, curves for example because they're they're faster and easier to use um and and they provide a higher level of protection and you know also processors have gotten so much more efficient that really encryption is not adding any kind of latency or lag or, or deficiency to to those environments. And actually, if you think about it, you're you're using encryption every day. Every time you log on to a website and you see HTTPS on your on your browser, that is an encrypted environment, and you you, you don't see any latency um, no. in, in those environments. So
0: no, and I, and I suppose um, that is pretty ubiquitous across the internet now, yeah, and yeah. Um, to the point where. Google Chrome, if you're not going to a HTTPS site, actually throws an error and says, you know, are you sure you want to go to this yeah. site? You know Which is yeah. quite, a, uh, quite a powerful sort of uh, statement as to why encryption is important. So I suppose that's enabling the cloud. And, and obviously, I think one of the most powerful things you've just mentioned is the fact that you could have that hardware HSM. And we've literally had Petron now for three years in a row. And every yeah. single year, I come back to how unbelievably cool those HSMs are. <laughs> With glass screws and disintegrating hardware, and there is no way to pull that stuff out. Apparently. Right. I mean, that for me, that's as a, as a techie at heart, that's, that's okay. properly cool tech. So, well done on on making some of the most James Bond stuff that we can buy today. That's that's awesome. Um, but moving on from from cloud into a sort of an area that's quite close to my heart and quite close to, well, very close and very central to Arrow's strategy going forward which is the wonderful world of IoT.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: This is a world where security is an absolute afterthought, if we're brutally honest with you. Um, so, w- how do we start to apply the enciphered technology into this world?
1: Well, um, we've, been, we've been doing quote IoT for quite some time, so yeah. we consider IoT anything with really a, an IP IP address. Yeah. Um, so, um, One of the things that, you know, one of the ways that we started getting into um, helping organizations protect protect IoT devices and actually the endpoints was in the manufacturing process. So a number of companies, um, Samsung being one of our our bigger customers, they do, you know, all these companies do offshore manufacturing. And so one of the challenges they had with offshore manufacturing was actually counterfeiting. And so, okay. so, you know, if you think about it, if you're, if you're an outsourced manufacturer, I, can, I have a phone, I can make 100 phones for, for uh, Samsung, I can make 100 phones for somebody else. So what the, the manufacturer started to do was put in uh, HSMs, and HSMs essentially put in a counter. So for every device that went off the, the line, they would actually insert a, a key into that into that device. So, um, and part of having that IP address now, now you have a digital birth certificate. So if you think about it, you have a digital birth certificate in your wow. phone, you have a digital, in your smart TV, uh, digital certificate in your smart watch. So now what you've done is you've created a, an identity. Um, so when you actually turn on that device and boot it up and it connects to the internet and connects to the server, um, that organization can identify oh, this is a real authentic device. I see the, the digital birth certificate. I can now do a bunch of really interesting things, right? So I can do, I can do a whole set of key management. I can, I can give it um, certain capabilities or, or um, access or policy controls. And also, now I want to download new code to it. So because I have this adjusted key pair, I can now decide, oh, I can see that this server is an uh, a, a authentic server. I can now download code. I know that that code is signed by an HSM and protected. And so now I'm not going to download malware to my new That's device. That's very really cool. So if you st- that really using that structure, which started with smart televisions and other you know, IP-connected devices um, that can move to web cameras and can move to you know, any kind of smart device on your wrist, Um, and you can start thinking about how you would use that with sensors, all that infrastructure is already kind of there in place. So now you can identify the endpoint devices and provide security there. And so that is the way that we've really entered into the market and we we, we work with a number of companies. And and one of the areas that we're seeing that's so interesting is really in healthcare. So there's a...
0: Um, Yeah, well obviously we're incredibly critical that you're not downloading and installing malware onto something that's gonna be safety critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so what's happening is that the healthcare industry is developing medical devices. You see them as, you know, you you see insulin pumps, you see um, breathing machines that are, not only are they take home devices, but they're giving critical data that you know, what's your lung capacity, for example, in the breathing machine, and and it's giving, it has patient data in it. So being again able to put a digital birth certificate into that device, and then also being able to encrypt the link going back to the hospital, encrypt the database that the that information is in, all prea- creates a secure environment in those in those I and T uh, environments. And and I think there's, you know, I think what we're what we've seen in the in the the, um, the consumer world has been a little lack of doing just basic uh, security, yeah. you know, so well, webcams yeah, and other things ex- exactly. that have come
0: and out. And the problem you've got is you've got the, the device manufacturers who and the OEMs who are building these IoT devices, their focus is on, you know, the functionality, the aesthetics, security is a significant afterthought, sadly. Um, well, so, and, and I oh, will sorry. say that Go
1: companies ahead. like Samsung and others are, are starting to build um, in building you know, either chips or, or platforms that um, these companies can just put into their systems that already have that security component or a digital birth certificate yeah. in it that they can use and create a key management structure around it and we've worked with them to do that. Because
0: as well. Well, I assume, um, if I'm correct, the way that that would work is that every single um, device having its own say digital birth certificate which Get I think right. is a, a really nice way to contextualize what well, is a very... Quite a complicated topic, but by having that, every single device can sign its own custom version of the update. So actually, the update it gets from the server will be completely uniquely signed to that one device in the whole wide world.
1: It could, if you wanted to do that, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and also, if the developer is developing, if if you're if you're delivering something that already has that digital birth certificate into it into it, you can you know the developer can build a whole different type set of IoT devices, and then really connects to the manufacturer server environment and then they can update it with a different set of credentials for a specific customer or a specific product area or give it a certain profile, for example.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, Peter, it's been absolutely fascinating talking with you. And uh, yeah, I think the future of our IoT business is, uh, is in safe hands. Ah, Thank you. Well, <laughs> Thanks for let, thanks for having me join. I appreciate no, it. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please come back again next week for the next instalment of our exciting coverage from InfoSec 2019. See you then.